Hello and welcome back to another episode of the It's a Crime O'Clock Summer podcast. This is episode 42. For this episode, I will be talking about the murder of Christian Aguilar, a University of Florida student. My sources for today's episode are Dateline, Season 18, Episode 56, titled Circle of Friends, ABC News, Miami Herald, The Cinemaholic, Gainesville.com, Heavy.com, and Miami.CBSLocal.com. As usual, all of my sources will be linked in today's show notes. They were new to college and newly in love. The whole world ahead of them. He grabs my chin and he, he pulls me up and he just gives me this magical kiss. But their secret romance would lead to something shattering when Christian vanished. Oh God, my young life went out the window. It was tense, we were nervous. We were scared. I'm starting to believe that there might be more to this than just a missing person. Christian Aguilar was born to Carlos and Claudia Aguilar, who were Colombian immigrants. He also had an older brother, Alex. Christian grew up in Miami and attended Doral Academy Preparatory School. This is where he met the other two people involved with this case, Erica Freeman and Pedro Bravo. Christian was described as a great student and athlete. He liked video games, rap music, especially Kanye West, and wanted to attend the University of Florida to become a doctor. After high school, his dream came true, and he was admitted into U of F in Gainesville, about five hours from Miami. Erica and Pedro both applied at the university as well, but didn't get in. Erica decided to attend Santa Fe College, which was also in Gainesville. Pedro decided to stay in Miami, but soon enrolled in Santa Fe College as well. He and Erica had dated in high school, but she told Dateline that she knew he wasn't the one for her and she didn't want a long-distance relationship. She broke it off. She then began a relationship with Christian, but kept it secret from Pedro. Pedro was what you could call infatuated with Erica, and they didn't want to hurt an already fragile person. Christian Aguilar was born to Carlos and Claudia Aguilar, who were Colombian immigrants. He also had a younger brother, Alex. Christian grew up in Miami and attended Doral Academy Preparatory School. This is where he met the two other people involved with this case, Erica Freeman and Pedro Bravo. Christian was described as a great student and athlete. He liked video games, rap music, especially Kanye West, and wanted to attend the University of Florida to become a doctor. After high school, his dream came true, and he was admitted into U of F in Gainesville, about five hours from Miami. Erica and Pedro both applied, too, and but they didn't get in. Erica decided to attend Santa Fe College, which was also in Gainesville. Pedro decided to stay in Miami, but soon enrolled in Santa Fe College as well. He and Erica had dated in high school, but she told Dateline that she knew he wasn't the one for her. She broke it off. She then began a relationship with Christian, but kept it a secret from Pedro. Pedro was what you could call infatuated with Erica, and they didn't want to hurt an already fragile person. On September 21st, 2012, Erica tried to get into contact with Christian. He wasn't answering his phone, and she stopped by his dorm room, but he wasn't there. The next day, September 22nd, Erica and Pedro went to the Gainesville police to report Christian missing. Erica said that the police didn't take them seriously and blew them off. They told them to reach out to the campus police. During the investigation, it was discovered that Pedro was the last known person to see Christian. They had hung out on September 21st. First, they went to the infirmary for Christian to get a flu shot. Then they went to Best Buy to buy the new Kanye CD. 
They can be seen on surveillance footage in the store. Pedro said it was a normal day, but that they decided to do something different. He said they picked up a hitchhiker. He later described the man as having a white bushy beard and wearing a cowboy hat. The police later confronted Pedro and told him that they checked surveillance footage from around the area and that there was no one that looked like that. Erica contacted Carlos, Claudia, and Alex, who then drove the five hours to Gainesville to search for Christian. What do you think? I know that something was wrong. So was that worrying for you, that mm-hmm. his yes. behavior was not at all and not at all. Christian? Mm-hmm. That was not Christian. Along with Christian's younger brother, Alex, they jumped in the car to make that long drive up to Gainesville. I can say that car ride was the most silent car ride I've ever had. We really didn't talk. We didn't know what to say to one another. The police pinged Christian's cell phone, checked the university computers. However, Christian hadn't used the computers. They also called around to different hospitals, but there was no sign of him. While the police would later say that they found out that Erica and Christian were dating and kept the secret from Pedro, it's believed that Pedro might have known. If he didn't know, he definitely was still heartbroken over Erica. His friend Robert said he saw noticeable changes in his friend. He recalled a time when they went into a restaurant and Pedro offered to pay the large bill. He told his friend that he wouldn't need the money soon. Pedro was questioned at the police station and he told them what he and Christian did that day. Since Pedro was the last person known to have seen Christian, he topped the list of people Detective Randy Roberts wanted to speak to. I wanted to hear Mr. Bravo's story from beginning to end exactly as he had told UPD so I could get a feel for what was going on. Oh, I really hope it's not, he's not missing for a <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so in the last 48 hours, when have you seen Christian? Yesterday. That was Pedro a- repeated his account of that last day he'd seen his friend. This time he told the police that he and Christian got into an argument. He said the argument was about a girl from high school that Christian had a crush on. It's implied that it wasn't about Erica, but who knows, it could have been. Pedro also said that he became upset because Christian told him to kill himself. Pedro said Christian asked him to pull over and he got out. Pedro then drove to McDonald's and went home and went to bed. At 4 a.m., Erica called him and told him that she, she hadn't heard from Christian. The police asked Pedro if they could search his vehicle and he said yes. Inside, they found the McDonald's receipt. It was time-stamped five hours later than he originally said that he stopped there. Once Pedro was confronted about it, he told the police that he had punched Christian during their argument. Is there anything we need to change about where you went, at what times, and things like that? Well, there was. Just when it seemed the interview was ending, Pedro decided to keep talking. There was something he'd left out. It's one thing I have to tell you because uh, it's, you're right, I can't keep everything from you and I have to tell you one thing. And that one thing was huge. Like, in the scuffle with Chris, it wasn't just really an argument. I made the comment about his, his, the girl that he has a crush on, and he got angry at that. But then he came back with, maybe you should just, like, maybe you should just kill yourself. And that's when I turned around and punched him straight in the face. Pedro Bravo was charged with depriving a victim of medical care. The police obtained a warrant to search his home. In the closet, they found Christian's backpack hidden inside a suitcase. They also found a journal where it was obvious that Pedro was still in love with Erica. A week after Christian disappeared, Pedro was charged with first-degree murder. Just a few weeks after his arrest, Christian's human remains were found in a shallow grave. He had been found by a hunter. Pedro Bravo went on trial two years after Christian was killed. The motive for murder? A love triangle and jealousy. Erica testified for the prosecution. 
Text messages from Pedro to Erica were read, as were passages from his journal. It was clear that Pedro would do anything to win her back. Erica broke down on the sand after she was shown Christian's backpack. The prosecution said Pedro had discovered the relationship between Christian and Erica a while ago, when he read messages between them on Facebook. They said the murder was premeditated. He had done some research on Google about chloroform and other ways to kill people. Pedro could be seen on surveillance footage at Walmart buying a sleeping aid, duct tape, and a hunting knife. He was also carrying a shovel that he had bought at Lowe's. The prosecution called it his murder starter pack. After he purchased his items, Pedro sits in his car for a long time. The prosecution said that they believed that's where the murder took place. A Gatorade bottle was found in Pedro's car, which had residue from the sleep aid. He then killed Christian and disposed of his body. He put his phone on airplane mode for five hours, but used his flashlight app for 48 minutes. The prosecution said that was to help him see when he dug the grave and buried his friend. The duct tape found on Christian matched the roll that Pedro had purchased. He then went to McDonald's and to a car wash where he cleaned his car for about 12 minutes. He then drove home, went to bed, and received that call from Erica around 4 a.m. Pedro testified for the defense. He said that he didn't know about Christian and Erica until the day in the police station. As for the Google searches and Gatorade bottle, he said he was planning to kill himself. Pedro admitted he still loved Erica and was depressed after their breakup. Basically, how I, I felt like a failure. Everything's a mess. Everything feels like a mess, and I feel like I'm breaking apart piece by piece. That's why he made plans to hang out with Christian that afternoon. He wanted help from his old friend. Chris was one of the people I could talk to about this because he had also gone through uh, the same thing. So how did that man-to-man -man talk end up in a fistfight? Pedro says it started after Christian said something terrible. And he tells me, why don't you go kill yourself? Turn around and I hit him in the nose with my left fist. Pedro said the shovel was to dig his own grave. He said he had drank the concoction from the Gatorade bottle and was waiting for it to take effect. Pedro said he feels badly about his fight with Christian and regrets driving away. The evidence was pretty stacked against Pedro, and it didn't help that a jailhouse informant named Michael Angelo, who was part of the Crips gang, said that Pedro had admitted to him to killing Christian. He said that Pedro timed it and killed him in about 13 minutes in the Walmart parking lot. The jury deliberated for less than four hours. Pedro Bravo was found guilty of first-degree murder, poisoning, false imprisonment, and tampering with physical evidence. He was sentenced to life without the possibility of parole. He is incarcerated at Taylor Correctional in Perry, Florida. Christian's family created the Christian Aguilar Search Foundation to support the use of tracking dogs to find missing people. Alex Aguilar graduated from the University of Florida. This case is heart heartbreaking, as they all are. Pedro lied through his teeth from the very start. I would think he'd know that the police would be able to determine if he was lying or not, which they were able to determine he was in fact lying about every little thing. Pedro was obsessed with Erica, but was also jealous of Christian. He took the life of a person he once called a friend, a best friend, and he had no problems lying to everyone. Pedro deserves to rot in prison. My book recommendation for this week is Asked No Questions by Claire Allen, which I requested to read on NetGalley. Summary. Not all secrets are meant to come out. 25 years ago on Halloween night, eight-year-old Kelly Doherty went missing while out trick-or-treating with friends. Her body was found three days later, floating face down on the banks of the Craigan Reservoir by two of her young classmates. It was a crime that rocked Derry to the core. Journalist Ingrid Devlin is investigating, but
but someone doesn't want her to know the truth. As she digs further, Ingrid starts to realize that the Doherty family are not as they seem. But will she expose what really happened that night before it's too late? Review. We're in October now. I really enjoyed this book because it talks about the past and present between 1994 and 2019. Ingrid was young when Kelly was killed and now she's a journalist investigating the case. I really liked that the character I really liked the characters and you can tell that the death of one of their friends and family members affected them all. In a lot of books that I that like this that I read, it's pretty easy to determine who the villain was. But in this book, I was constantly guessing from the beginning to end. The book, the plot, and the characters were all well written. I give this book a 9 out of 10. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please rate and review if you are enjoying the podcast. Subscribe to my blog, follow me on Instagram at it's crime o'clock somewhere blog pod. Join my Patreon at patreon.com slash it's crime o'clock somewhere blog pod. Buy me a coffee. Truly, truly anything helps. I hate to use the word enjoy, but I do like talking about these cases, book recommendations, and the all-around conversations about true crime. I'll be back next week with an all-new case and book recommendation. And remember, it's crime o'clock somewhere.